Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode on our PrepCast. This podcast is dedicated to MBA and master's orientation and preparation. You know me very well already. To all of you who listen for the first time, I'm Martina, and I will be the host today. My guest is Ellen Lollis. You have heard her name and voice in our previous episode. Um, I will leave a link to them here in the description. And of course, um, I will leave a link to her website. Feel free to visit it. Uh, you can find there all you need for your MBA admissions consulting. Ellen, thank you so much for accepting our invitation and for being here today. Of course, it's a pleasure to, to speak with you again. Uh, Martina, thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, could you please say a couple of, uh, of words uh, to all of the people who listen for the first time? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you everyone um, for listening. Um, my name is Ellen and I'm the founder of Ellen Lollies Consulting. Um, we're a consulting firm specialized in MBA and master's applications. Um, we've worked with clients all over the world, and now we're happy that to say we've improved our, our success rate a little bit this year. Um, now it's 98.9%. Um, and so we work with clients from all over the world to get into programs in the US, in Europe, Australia, um, anywhere they teach an English language, <laughs> masters or MBA, we're there to help. Um, and we really focus a lot in our methodology on uh, what makes each individual candidate unique, um, how to share your story, how to keep your voice um, in your application, but also um, on the back end as well, doing career coaching, making sure that you get what you need to get out of the MBA. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, today's topic is when to start preparing your MBA application. So everyone stay to the end because Ellen will answer some of the frequently asked questions. Um, some of the questions uh, you have sent uh, before to us. So yes, yeah, stay till the end. And let's start with the first one. Um, Ellen, actually, how long does it usually take to prepare an MBA application? Yeah, this is a, a great question, and I think it surprises people um, when they hear the answer. And um, usually we suggest that you spend at least a year preparing an MBA application. Um, and that's because there's so many different things involved in the process. Um, so there, you know, first of all, you need to take um, your GMAT score, or you need to take a GMAT score, a GRE test. Um, and people, of course, it depends a little bit, but a lot of times what we see is an average of three to six months for people to take uh, the score that they need. So if you just even consider, okay, six months of the process is just studying for, for GMAT, um, that already kind of gives you a sense of um, what you're going to be um, required to do. Um, in addition, there's a lot of other steps as well. So um, as part of our process, we always first look at strategies. So um, you know, what are your short-term and long-term goals and how are you going to present those to the university? Um, it's very important that you have clear goals and that you can show that those goals are related to something that you've done in the past um, and that they're not kind of coming out of left field to show that you have really strong um, motivations um, for wanting to do the MBA and you also have a, a very clear career path. 
additionally, you know, we're looking at your personal brand. So what are those stories that make you unique? Um, how are you going to, again, position yourself to the university? Are you someone who's championing uh, small businesses or changing, um, you know, rural health care in your country through technology? Um, we really want to make sure that we have a clear position for you. So at whatever touch point there is in your application, everything remains consistent. Um, we're also looking at who's going to write your letters of recommendation. Are they going to be the same for every school? How are they going to cover gaps or highlight things that might be more difficult to highlight in your essays, um, especially with applications getting shorter and shorter and shorter? Those letters become even more important to share more about the, the process. And then, of course, deciding which schools, visiting schools, connecting with people. Um, you know, it's a major investment, um, both financially and in terms of time. A lot of times people use it to change to a new job or a new location. Um, of course, this is the network that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So it's a major decision that requires a lot of thought, not just, you know, I'm going to apply to the, all of the top 10 schools on the Financial Times MBA rankings list. Um, so just even looking at strategy that takes, you know, several months to really get down um, pat and to really make sure that that's all very well structured. Um, then, you know, moving into the essay process. Um, essays are something that we work with clients that have a lot of different experience. You know, some people wrote a lot in college, um, other people didn't, some people haven't written something in 10 years. Um, but even still, it's something that's very different because unlike, you know, a job report or an email or a presentation, um, the MBA essays really require you to think very deeply on your past and who you've, you know, who you are and how you've come to this point and personal stories and professional stories. And they're usually very theme driven, but we need to have a good balance between creativity and content that shows your best examples. Um, and that's not something that you can do overnight. Um, of course, depending on the number of schools that you're going to apply to, that number, um, that amount of time can go up or down. Um, but really, you know, you want to dedicate at least three to four weeks for each school that you're going to write for. Um, and that's also taking into consideration that this is not going to be your full time job at the moment. You're still going to have to work. You're still going to have to deliver things. Um, of course, you're going to have to sleep as well. So um, it's not going to be that you can fully dedicate yourself to writing an essay every day of the process. So we also like to factor in, you know, within those three to four weeks that there's going to be days that you just can't make progress. Um, and that's okay, as long as we have time to work ahead. Um, and with the editing, you know, it's not sitting down, writing a draft, awesome, this looks good, let's run it through Grammarly, do a spell check and send it off and write my next one. Um, it's a process that really needs to be much more thoughtful than that. So how am I going to tell my stories? How am I going to fit them together? What stories am I going to tell in essay one? What stories am I going to tell in essay two? How does that relate to the stories that I've, I've asked my recommenders to include in their letters? Um, so it really takes a lot of, of crafting and, of course, getting to an essay that, again, strikes that balance between content and creativity is definitely not an easy task. Um, and I'm sure we've all, you know, submitted something last minute at school <laughs> or at work and people can tell <laughs> when you, um, you know, when you write it the night before. <laughs> um, and then, of course, um, finally, there's a lot to do in terms of filling out the application form itself, um, being very careful to use that space to tell additional stories about yourself. Um, and then, of course, the interview process, um, going through both the preparation phase, uh, what kind of questions are they going to ask me, what stories am I going to use, how am I going to build my answers, 
um, doing mock interviews to make sure that the first time that you vocalize these answers is not, you know, on D-Day. Um, it's, it's a very intense process. So it can seem, oh, you know, the deadlines are in September or I'm only going to apply in round two and that's in January. But if you really start to look at your tasks and you break them down into, okay, I need to do my goals. I need to write essay one. I need to have time to review. I need to, you know, uh, work on my CV. And you start to put that time on a calendar. You realize that September is pretty much tomorrow. <laughs> um, so that's why, you know, we suggest try to work a year in advance and really no later than, you know, six months in advance. If you are starting late, is it feasible? Yes, um, but you're definitely going to have to double up. You're definitely going to have to um, put a lot of other things on hold to make sure that you can deliver with quality. Awesome. Thank you so much. So um, we all know that MBA application is a whole process for which you have to be really focused. So what actually is involved in the process? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that there's um, kind of three main aspects. Um, number one is your test scores. Um, that's really to understand how you're going to succeed in the program. You know, do you have the academic abilities that you need? Um, and if you're an international student, of course, having the TOEFL or IELTS exam to show that you have English proficiency. Not all schools require the TOEFL, so definitely check into that based on your schools list, but the majority do if you're an international student who doesn't have a full degree from an English speaking university or something similar. Um, of course, then there's the GMAT or GRE. Um, some schools also take an exam called the executive assessment that's relatively new. Um, it's a very small list. So again, you know, if you're thinking about taking the executive assessment, check your school list. Um, so there's this whole testing aspect in the process. Um, the next part I would say is actually putting your application together um, step by step. So how can we develop the strategy? Um, how can we execute on the strategy? And that's in terms of, you know, reaching out to your letter of recommendation writers, following up with them. That can sometimes be one of the hardest parts of the process. Um, they're not getting anything out of it, <laughs> except for doing you a nice favor. Um, so they're definitely, you know, not going to be as, as dedicated to getting it done as you are. So it takes a lot of follow-up, um, you know, writing your essays, visiting the schools, um, talking to different people. Visiting, of course, depends a lot on, you know, if you can, it's, it's not expected that you will, um, but if you can visit, of course, it's a nice thing to do. Um, working on your, your CV or your resume, um, filling out the online application form. So really making sure that that strategy that you've developed is put into place. Um, and then of course, interviews. Um, I think interviews are a part that people a lot of times overlook. Um, so it's something that's really important to give yourself plenty of time to prepare, um, plenty of time to practice. Um, don't wait until you get your interview for tomorrow to look at the questions for the first time or start thinking about what you're going to say. There's a lot that you can do in advance to prepare. Um, and then for some people, there's almost a, a fourth part of the process, which is actually kind of the decision process. I guess for most people, this comes into, into play. Um, and this is really thinking, you know, these are the offers that I've got. Where do I actually want to go now? Um, what kind of scholarships did I get? What kind of you know, financial aid did I get maybe? How does that play into my decision? So that last phase of working out the details, figuring out exactly where you're going to go, how you're going to finance the MBA, um, that's also definitely a very important part of the process. To be fair, though, I would say don't leave the financing thoughts until the very, very end. Um, it is a good idea to at least you know, somewhere earlier in the process, think about, you know, how are you going to fund this? Um, you know, what kind of loan would you maybe need? 
uh, what kind of scholarship would you potentially need to make this work? Um, you know, do you need to apply for multiple loans or what are external scholarships? Um, because it can be a little bit tricky at some points to not have any kind of budget uh, and have a you know six thousand dollar <laughs> deposit due tomorrow and uh, you know first tuition payment due a couple weeks later. So um, definitely that should be part of your strategy um, back in kind of the earlier part of the process. But at the end, it's kind of putting that all together and you know applying for visas, things like that, just to really get ready to go. Great, thank you, and. Is the process become difficult if, um, for example, the applicants don't have their GMAT or GRE score already? So that's a, a good question, Martina. A lot of people <laughs> um, come to us with that. And, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do anything until I have my GMAT score. Um, and there's kind of two ways to approach that. Um, number one, actually, let's say three. Um, number one, do your GMAT score the year before you plan to apply. Um, you know, I'm thinking about applying in September 2023. Start your GMAT, plan to get it done by the end of this year. You're going to be so thankful next year that you did. That's not a lot of people <laughs> that, that plan that far in advance. Um, so there's people that will kind of look at their strategy and start working on that while they're getting their GMAT and GRE score ready. That's usually what we suggest, um, looking at your mock tests, looking at your study progress. Um, where do we think that that score is going to fall in a range? And what's our you know plan A, plan B, plan C based on which schools? Um, if we don't hit the mark, are we going to put that back to round two? Or are we going to you know go back to our backup list of schools? So um, that can be very, very helpful. Um, I think it takes off some of the pressure knowing that, you know, no matter what happens when I go into that test tomorrow, I have a plan. Um, also things like working on your strategy. What are your goals? What are your, what's your brand? Who might recommend you? Um, doing research into schools that you might be interested in. Those are things that you definitely can and should do before you have your GMAT if you're kind of doing that <laughs> within the six months uh, leading up to the actual deadlines. Um, other people will decide to wait and not do anything until they have their GMAT or GRE score. Um, and that can work. It can also be a big risk. Um, for example, if you're only able to get your GMAT score done August 1st um, and you don't have anything else done, and you know, for this example, for this year, Wharton's deadline is September 7th. Um, so it gives you pretty much a month and a week to do your entire application. Um, it, it's possible, of course, but it's not always done with great quality. And if you wanted to apply to five or six schools, obviously that's going to be very, very difficult to do. So um, I would say it would be a good idea to try to do it as early as possible if you can. And if you can't, um, maybe plan to do the GMAT in parallel uh, with your application materials. Awesome. And actually, when should they take the GMAT for uh, fall 2022, for example? Um, I would say la yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if you're thinking about applying though now, I would say, you know, don't plan to take your first attempt any later than the end of July. Um, of course, if you get to the end of July and your mock tests are not working well, you're not anywhere near your target score, you might need to rethink if that makes sense and if round one really makes a lot of sense for you. Um, but the reason I say end of July is, you know, a lot of our clients end up taking the test more than once, um, whether that's because they got a little nervous or 
they didn't quite work out some timing issues in their mock tests, or, um, you know, I think I left some points on the table. I'm sure I can do better. Most people end up taking it more than once. Um, so if your first attempt is in a, a week before the deadline, you're not going to be able to take it again before the deadline and schools are under no requirement to look at any additional GMAT scores that you take after the deadline. Um, so by taking it end of July, you know, you do need to wait those 16 days. So you could take it again mid-August and then squeeze in a very last attempt early September if you really, really needed to. Um, so that gives you a little bit more time. Um, for those of you who are listening potentially for next year, um, it'd be great, you know, if you can have your GMAT done by February 1st or March 1st even, um, so that you can really get a jump on round one. Um, if you're getting to the point where about, you know, August 1st or mid-July and you really don't think it's going to happen, um, start thinking maybe about round two. Um, you know, for round two, you don't need your score until early January. So an attempt in maybe late October, early November um, can definitely work to give you that bit of extra time. Great. Thank you so much. And um, actually talking about the rounds, uh, when should they start targeting a different round? Uh, when is the right moment, actually? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> again, a, a difficult question indeed. Um, I it, It's going to depend as well on how many schools you're going to apply for, right? So, um, for example, this time of year, we have a lot of clients who are applying for INSEAD, for example, um, in France or Singapore. Um, and if you're only applying for one school, um, it is a little easier to get ready for a close deadline. So, you know, I'm, I'm almost there. It's two weeks. I think I can make it, um, you know, just have a couple things to finish up. Then that can make sense. If you're planning to apply to five or six schools, um, you know, that definitely you need a bit more of a buffer. So I would say, you know, in my opinion, if you think by, you know, July 15th, maybe end of July, that you're just not going to have the GMAT score in time. Um, you know, maybe do yourself a favor and uh, apply for round two or decide that there's one school that you're going to try to apply for. If you can, that's your top choice school. So, you know, if I can only make one, let me do that and then put the rest off. Um, and then if by, you know, early November, late November, you realize that you're not going to have the GMAT score still, um, you could either think about round three, which I think we can talk a little bit about um, later, or maybe think about applying for the next year. Um, again, it's, it's going to depend a little bit on how many schools you've done, how much of your essays you've done in advance or strategy that you've done in advance. But I would say, you know, if you're trying to get everything done in less than two months, um, that can maybe be a, a sign that it's not going to quite work out. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and, um, Talking about planning things, uh, how much can they uh, work ahead or actually should they work uh, ahead? Yeah, so I think it depends um, a little bit on kind of the horizon. If you're planning to apply two years from now, for example, um, this is a great time to look at your profile. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Because um, there's still a lot of things that you can do. Maybe you don't have any leadership experience. Um, maybe you haven't had the chance to do any volunteer work or community outreach. 
Um, maybe you realize that your grades are, are pretty low from, from university and you want to do a master's degree or a certificate program to show um, better grades. You have plenty of time to do that. Um, in terms of should you write essays two years in advance? No. <laughs> um, the stories are going to change a lot. They're probably not going to be relevant by the time that you get around to the actual application cycle. Um, then in terms of the working ahead more kind of this year that you're applying, um, I would say, you know, strategy can be done really far in advance. Um, of course, there's things that might change. You might get a promotion or um, get a new post. That would be very, very interesting to mention. And of course, strategy can always be amended. Um, but those things, you know, I would say definitely work ahead. You can work, you know, six months to a year ahead on those, your um, CV or resume as well. Um, the great thing about <laughs> the past is that it doesn't change. So those past experiences, those past projects, um, those can already be included, formatted, and then just make some updates as you add new projects. Um, essays is where it can get a little bit trickier. Um, schools are releasing their new essays right around now, um, around you know early June. I'm not sure exactly when this will go out, but early June to um, you know mid June is when the questions start um, start being released. Um, and that's when you're going to know for sure which questions uh, you can write, and that's a great time to get started on your essays. However, um, you know, some schools have had very similar questions year after year, you know, Stanford's what matters most to you and why is something they're really famous for. Um, Harvard has kept very open-ended, you know, what else do you want us to know, essentially, um, for many, many years. So those are questions that you can already start writing in advance. You know, if they do change the question, you can make some updates or, or start over if you need to. Um, but it's not, you know, super common for some schools that have very consistent essay questions. Um, so working on those questions or goals essays that ask, you know, why do you want an MBA? Um, and what are your short-term and long-term goals? Those are essays that you can work on in advance as well. You'll need to, of course, adapt them to each school and adapt them slightly to each question, but the kind of meat of the question about what you want to do and why um, is going to stay relatively the same. So I would say working on those, you know, as, as early as possible, um, six months or a little more even in advance is, is great. And, and working um, ahead on those are definitely things that you can do. Filling out the online application forms, you know, things like that. There's no way to work ahead, but um, definitely with, you know, strategy and kind of preliminary written materials, that's definitely possible. Awesome. And um, another question that comes to my mind is a question uh, that actually we have received really often. And I guess that you have answered it thousands of times, but let's repeat it one more time. Does applying currently to MBA help? Yeah, so there's um, kind of two categories there. So there's schools like Columbia, um, which have rolling admissions and they have early decision and regular decision. Um, and what that means essentially is if you apply in early decision, it's a binding commitment to that school. You're essentially saying, Columbia is my top choice. And if I'm admitted, I'm going, that's, that's that. Um, you know, Columbia does have a rolling admission. So the earlier you apply, the better. Um, the class keeps filling <laughs> the longer that time goes on. Um, and so that's something that definitely the longer that you can, um, the, the earlier that you can apply, the better. Um, on the other hand, for other schools that have rounds, um, round one, round two, round three, of course, it is beneficial to apply um, in earlier rounds. Um, there's more space, <laughs> um, there's more scholarships available, but 
Um, applying early to the MBA only helps if you have a good profile. Um, if you're going to apply for the MBA and try to rush it, and you're going to apply with a low GMAT score or weak letters of recommendation, it's really not helping you at all. Great. Thank you for um, making this clear, I guess, for everyone that uh, listens today. And um, actually, um, could you say what round is best to apply for MBA? Is there a such thing, actually? Uh... Um, I would say if you can apply in round one, it's always a good idea. Um, round one is, you know, things are fresh. <laughs> There's no one in the class yet. Um, and generally, I mean, not always, but certain, you know, schools in certain years, there can be fewer people applying, um, you know, it takes sometimes a little longer for people to get their GMAT, um, which can sometimes make round two, um, around in which schools get a lot more applications. <laughs> um, also, you know, there's essentially no one in the class yet. So if you have a profile that's very highly represented, you know, you're, a uh, man who works in management consulting, <laughs> for example, um, you know, there's a lot of people with similar profiles that apply to you. So um, if you apply in round two, you know, they might say, you know, we really don't need another male consultant at this point to uh, create the class composition that we're looking for. Maybe they'll put you on a wait list or, you know, oh, sorry, we just really don't need a profile like that right now. Um, again, there's no crystal ball to be able to say exactly, you know, is that your profile? Is this the year? How many other people applied? But, um, you know, applying in round one definitely gives you the best opportunity to um, show off your profile, um, to uh, get a space. Round two, though, awesome round as well. A lot of people apply in round two. A large percentage of every class is admitted in round two. Um, so that's definitely, you know, a great option as well. Don't think that if you can't apply round one, you need to wait until next year. It's, it's all over. <laughs> um, so if you're, if your application is just not good in round one, um, you're not there yet, your GMAT's low or something like that, or you're going to get a massive promotion. That's going to really change your story. Um, wait until round two. Um, so I would say always send it as early as your profile is at its strongest, <laughs> um, to ensure that you have the best, um, chances, the, the kind of exception to that is round three. Um, most schools do not admit a lot of people in round three. So that's something that it's not a great idea to apply unless you have a really strong reason, uh, some kind of extenuating circumstance. Maybe you were in military service and you just released, you know, received release papers or, you know, you were battling a serious illness and were just able to um, overcome that. Um, that can be a, a very valid reason to apply in round three. Of course, you know, if it's just kind of time got away from me as well, or it took me longer to get my GMAT score, um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't apply in round three. It's definitely going to be difficult. The number of spaces are very limited at that point. We have students, however, every year that do go <laughs> in round three that are admitted in round three. Um, but I would say um, applying in round three, you should know that there's a much higher chance of it just not quite working out or getting on a wait list um, and potentially needing to reapply for the next year. Awesome. And um, I would like to uh, close today's episode with uh, a question again that we usually received by email from our um, um, from our um, attendees from from webinars usually but um, can international students apply in round three um, I don't know if this is a, a frequently asked question but we usually receive it 
Yeah, it's definitely something that we um, get a lot to. Um, unless the school has, you know, specific policy and if they do, they'll put it on their website. Um, yes, international students can definitely apply in round three. Um, I would say if you are going to apply in round three as an international student, make sure that even before you apply, you have a valid um, passport that is not expiring anytime soon. Um, make sure that you understand, you know, really if you need to move assets abroad, um, how you're going to do that. So um, really just thinking kind of about the back end and kind of the logistics of that, because one of the difficult things for international students for round three can be, are you going to get your visa in time? Um, and of course, with the pandemic, we saw big delays um, with that, which did cause some issues. However, classes went online for a while. So um, it kind of all balanced out in, a, in an interesting way. Um, but still, a lot of countries are still experiencing, you know, some delays. So if you don't have a valid passport right now or your passport's going to you know, expire in, in a few months, definitely do that now, um, because that can be <laughs> one of the things that causes problems um, for you. Um, so really, essentially, you know, we have international students that also get admitted in round three every year. Um, and as long as you don't see any logistic challenges for yourself, um, you know, you definitely can. Of course, as always, though, we do encourage people to apply in round one or round two, whether you're an international student or not. Awesome. Uh, Ellen, thank you so much for uh, being our guest today and for giving the best answers to these questions. I believe that uh, we helped a lot to all of the applicants. Um, again, I want to remind everyone um, to visit Ellen's website. You can find it here in the description of this episode. Um, of course, I will leave link to the previous ones. So feel free to listen, to um, give like and share them with your friends. Um, feel free to visit our websites as well, unimai.com and unimiprep.com. I will leave a link to them uh, as well. And everyone stay tuned. Ellen, thank you one more time. Of course, of course. Um, have a nice day and stay tuned for more. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Martina. Um, it's always a pleasure. And for all of you that are applying right now, um, work ahead. <laughs> if there's one thing um, we take away from, from this podcast, please work ahead. Um, and of course, you know, if you ever need any support, whether that's putting your essays together, developing your strategy, or a kind of complete end-to-end um, -end solution, you can always count on us. Great. Thank you.